podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Adam Tomlinson and welcome back to the Hybe Buzz. Thank you for joining us for the latest episode and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by three very special guests as we approach the anniversary of our League Cup triumph back in 1991. But before I introduce them, I'd just like to update you on a few changes to the show. We've adapted things slightly to make the Hybe Buzz better than ever. Firstly, the show is now available on Spotify as we change it to more of a podcast format. We're also hoping to make the content on the buzz a little bit more timeless, so instead of match reviews and previews, we'll be offering more fun features, speaking to players, legends and fans to share unique stories from the club's history, as well as telling you what's going on today at Hibs. So with that in mind, let's get into episode 11 as I catch up with Gareth Evans, Mickey Weir and Keith Wright, three former players who helped us beat Dunfermline Athletic at Hampton 30 years ago to lift the League Cup. Guys, thank you for coming down to to HTC. Um, How are we all? You okay? Yeah, fine. fine. Yeah, doing well. Nice to see each other again. Yes, yeah. It's always good to see the old box, yeah. Has it been a while? Reminiscing on old times there and the old training ground compared to the new one here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big difference, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it changed days, yeah. It's amazing what, what the, the lads are coming every day to this place. Brilliant. Yeah. We're, before we go on to the final, which we are kind of all here to, to discuss, I thought we'd just go back to the, the early 90s. Um, what, what are your memories? I'll start, start with you, Keith, of, of Easter Road and, and playing for Hibs. Yeah, um, I was a Hibs supporter growing up, so I was, I was used to, to coming along Easter Road every, every other week, so it was a, a dream come true when I eventually signed for Hibs in August 91. I'd been trying for a, for a long time to, to get there, um, and it was, it was a great feeling. The first game was a home game, a, a friendly against Chelsea, but I eventually put the strip on, and, and brought it in, um, just to, to be part of a great squad at that time when I, when I joined, it was a lot of good players. And you joined Gareth and Mickey, didn't you? Were they welcoming? Uh, oh, very, very, very welcome. Yeah, I knew, I knew the lads. I knew obviously we were watching Hibs over the years, and even at Dundee, I still kept an eye on what was happening at Hibs. So to then be their teammates was great. Yeah. Mickey, what, what are your memories? Well, I've obviously been at the club a long time, so uh, I've always said it's probably the best squad I've worked with. I was a bit younger, obviously played with a lot of good players and that, but this squad seemed to come together really quickly, wasn't it? It just really kind of happened, you know, but. I had a bit of everything in it and I uh, really enjoyed playing with them. I was fortunate, I was very fortunate to play with good players who I thought were, I've still say, were very underrated, you know. What about you, Gareth? Yeah, I came up in uh, in 1988, early 1988, and was kind of the outsider coming in, being the Englishman, or one of the few Englishmen to come up to Scotland at that particular time. But I soon learned from Mickey, Paul Kane, John Collins, Eddie May about the history of the football club and you know how important it was um, to be the big team in the city and to to beat your rivals and uh, you know uh, how passionate they were about about their football club uh, as they'd been hip supporters all their lives. So um, no, it was a, it was interesting. It was different from playing football down south, let's say. Yeah, there were some big big characters in the dressing room at that point as well, right? 
Yeah, it was a couple of personalities, wasn't there? Yeah, Budgie was always a personality, but I always thought we got on really well. We were, we just bonded really well. You know, there was no, there was no really big time players. You know, yeah. but we worked well as a team. I always felt we worked really well as a team, eh, more than anything than I'd played with in the past. So I, I think that was a, and that's a major factor in football playing as a team rather than just individuals. You know. Yeah, I think you know the, the the just after I first came up, Steve Archibald signed for the club. who had been playing at Barcelona and Blackburn down south, and uh, you know to to get to play with players like that was was, was absolutely fantastic for myself. Um, I'm sure the other the other boys will make it especially yeah. agree at, at that time. But no, um, then when when Keith came in um, at the beginning of the year, uh, August '91. Yeah, uh, you're saying there, Ted. And you know, I think it was a, a lot of money spent on Ted. I think half a million was it to come from Dundee. <laughs> Pressure um, was on, and he was he was it wasn't worth that at the time, but it was worth <laughs> every penny. You know, uh, when we saw him play, um, and uh, it just shows you that the club was meaning business. What what was Easter Road like at that point? It was it was a bit of a lull with the year before. You know, with the the Mercer bid and that type of thing. It was a, I went through that. Gareth went through it as well. It was it was it was difficult, really difficult. You, you didn't know if you had a club to play with at that time, and obviously we had a boyhood boyhood supporter, the Hibs, thinking you're going to lose a club. It was it was crazy times to be honest, but we got through that, uh, and then that, that season we we kicked on, got a good squad together, and it just happened very quickly. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the road to the final then. Um, when Keith, did you start to think? it's possible we could get to the final or even win it or is that always a belief when you play for such a big club like Hibernian? Yeah, every year. Even any club that you go to, every player will, will fancy their chances to win the cup. Always always go out there and try and win but the first the first time I realised that our first home game was against St Mirren that season when we won 4-1, my first, our first game in the league and it was a great performance uh, and as Mickey says, the team had everything. It was a, quite a young team, a fit team uh, beats at Marin 4 1 at home, uh, and, and I thought I've joined a really good team here. Not thinking it three months later we're going to be cup winners, not, didn't think we're going to go and do it that quick, but I thought it was a great squad here. Uh, so that, that sort of got me the idea that I've joined a good team here, and then from there the forum, the, the start of the season really, really well, and we'll speak about that just now. You obviously beat Sterling Killy uh, on the way to the semi finals. Any of those games kind of stand out for you guys? I remember the air game, I remember the air game over, I remember the manager having a right go at me at half time, you know, I never really got on well after that, <laughs> <laughs> he had a right go at me at half time, probably rightly so, but when you're a player you don't you don't take it that way, but I certainly didn't, I was always having a, a, a sort of shout back at him type thing, but and we weren't great, but we managed to get get the result with Mark, because it's a tough place to go here, you know, and it was a right, I remember it was a right good, they had a right good support, right good atmosphere, and we managed to get through that. And that was, that was one that always stuck out to me, simply because I got a bollock in at half time. <laughs> what about you, Gareth? Yeah, I remember the games, they were, they were evening games at that time. It was before it was a different format when it was straight knockout. So I think going down to air was on a, a Tuesday night, possibly, I think it was. Uh, I remember the Sterling games, I still scored in that game. Um, uh, and the Killer game as well. So, um, no, it was really good. But going back to um, previously, to when the season started, I think, before that, you know, it was the unwanted attention from uh, our near neighbours who were trying to take mm -hmm. over the football club, which to, to any hip supporter would have been an, an absolute tragedy. 
uh, and the right thing happened and the club fought back and the likes of Kenny McLean Senior and Willie McEwen you know, fought feverishly hard to, to save the club and I think it kind of galvanised the whole football club, you know, what had happened and they became a little bit more stability about it and I think the players all realised then how much Hibs football club meant to everybody and if it wasn't going to exist then, you know, these people would be devastated. So, you know, we became more galvanised as a team, I think, as well. And, uh, you know, that, that realisation that, that, that we were still here and, you know, we meant business and spending the money on Keith to get him in was, uh, was a, a piece of really good business. What was that like for you guys, obviously being Hibs fans, when you're kind of going through that period and there's a chance that, that the club might get taken over by your noisy neighbours? It, it was just tough. It was just, you know... Every single day, people were asking you what's going on, what's happening. We didn't really know ourselves. It's funny, it's, it, it, well, as I'll tell you, when you're a professional football player, sometimes you just got to blank out everything around you and go on with what, what really matters. But it was so difficult to go on because every single day the pressure was on to find out we're going to have a club, you know, and you're thinking as a professional, am I going to have a job? And that's that's the way I was thinking at that time. I was thinking, incredible, hubs are going to go out with business, but. As Gareth rightly said, great people, great Hibs people. Uh, they got everybody behind it. And I was at that time with Hearts players like John Robertson and that yeah, came right to the rally to rally because he, they could see how much it meant to the Hibs supporters. And I think, to be fair, I think the other side of the city didn't see how much it meant to us. They thought they could, it was just a matter of us getting together. Never going to happen. Just will never happen, you know. And I knew that. But the yeah, other people, Maybe thought otherwise, but it's never going to happen. Hibs and Hearts together, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I can imagine as a as a player as well. You you're thinking, like you say, about loads of different things. You're you're thinking about the the fact that you might lose your jobs, but then when you kind of go further than that, it's that emotional connection that you've always had with the football club it makes it even more powerful. Definitely, there's so many people come involved in it. Everybody seems to get involved in it. You know. Pop groups and you know everything, golfers, everybody that supported the Hubs came out. You know it was unbelievable stuff that I used to get through. I always mind people just sitting, grown men. I've always said that, you know, coming from their work at getting away at half, maybe twelve o'clock, standing outside the gates of Hubs, tears in their eyes, grown men. You know they don't realise how much football means to these people because oh, it's their, their whole life. You know so. Kind of looked at and it really brought home to us, myself, that oh, this this club is bigger than what even people would imagine, you know, and that's the way I treated it. What was it like for you, Keith? Obviously, you weren't at the football club at, at that point, being a, a supporter of the club, yeah. but being a kind of professional player elsewhere. What what was it like for you? In yeah, that I, moment? I was watching, I was in Dundee at the time, so I was watching, uh, as Gareth says, it, all the, the things that were happening behind the scenes, and it was all, it was, it was headline news, it was in the like the, the front page of the papers and that was all, it was big news in Scotland that Hearts tried to buy Hibs, so I was just watching from Dundee thinking that this would be a disaster if, knowing deep down there's always going to be a Hibs and a Hearts in Edinburgh, it would never happen, but when it comes to the finance and, and you realise how much estate Hibs were in at the time, you thought this is a big worry and then the more the more, um, more got, people got behind it, uh, and it was just at that time I, I actually signed it, I thought there's no chance because I, I was out of contract in Dundee and it, and I knew I was, I was told I was have to, to move on and I didn't think Hibs was going to be an option with what was happening. So when I got the phone call <coughs> for Alec Muller um, to say, come along for signing talks, it was, uh, it was unbelievable to hear like, how it had been sorted out. And, and the likes of Kenny McLean and Dougie Crome, our chairman, Tom Farmer, were all behind the 
to make sure that the club stays together and, and it's going to be a uh, definitely go if you want to join the club. So it was, it was great to hear that. Uh, and then when I did join the club, I did. Everyone was everything was for that first game at St Mirren. You felt the whole fans that were just delighted to have a club to support. So it was a massive crowd, and they were they were right behind the team from from the start of that season, and that helped the players definitely. Everyone was really together. It, it sounds like the supporters, the staff, the players, and and that's what can really push a team on to go on to a, a fantastic run like you guys did. I mean. Um, you obviously beat Rangers as well in the semi-final, Gareth. What what can you remember from that one? Yeah, again, a, an evening game through at Hamden. Uh, it was a so much I came on I think, in the last half an hour for Mark McGraw, maybe a bit longer. Um, but Rangers uh, had a, a more than decent team at the time, which was uh, was near enough an England team, you know, with the likes of uh, Chris Woods, uh, Graham Roberts, keep me right here, Trevor Stevens, Gary Stevens, and Terry Herlock was there at the time as well. And then allied with Mo Johnston, Ali McCoy's to Mark Haightley, of course, yeah. another England player. So you're actually playing against new enough an England team at, at that particular time um, with the, the Scottish players in there as well. So to go there and, and, and to beat them as we did, which we thoroughly deserved to beat them on the night when uh, Nicky dicked in, wasn't it, for Big Ted to go and, to go and score. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and we could have won by actually more goals, if I remember. Budgie was different class that night as well. He made a couple of good saves, but I'll let him explain that when he comes in to, to talk <laughs> about sure it. Which I'm sure no. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a fantastic night, and uh, we knew then that if we'd beaten Rangers in the semi-final, that that we stood a chance to against whoever we were going to play in the final, which is either Dunfermline or Airdrie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on then, Keith. Tell us all about it. Ah, I know it was unbelievable night, and we were in we were in good form going into the game. You know, we're, we're up against the top team in Scotland. We, just what happened with Rangers bringing all these top England players in, that they were, they were a good team. But our league forum was good going into the game, so we weren't, we weren't going into the, the game uh, not prepared. And, and with the squad that we had and the run we were on, we knew we were going to go there and have a go at, at Rangers. But uh, it was unbelievable. Again, a fantastic crowd through. Uh, and then just the way the, way the game went, it, it was well-deserved. It wasn't as if we had scored. And, and sort of defended the rest of the game. We had a good go, had a good game with Rangers and uh, managed to score a goal after half an hour. Mickey put a great ball in and managed to score. Uh, and for the next hour, it was it was probably nip and tuck. Budgie had some great saves. We, we had two or three good chances. So uh, it was a fantastic result. And and it was, it was our cup final, really, because it was Dunfermline in the final. Um, so you knew, you knew if you could win this game, you were going to be massive favourites to win, to win the cup so, so quick after what happened in the summer. So, and it all turned out great. It was a good re- little relationship with you two on the pitch. Yeah, but I just used to look for his big head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, couldn't I, I keep saying that. If I can't find that, then I've got a problem, you know. But no, I just seem to say, but the thing is, I've always said that the team, they seem to all work together. And give credit to the manager, you know, because the manager was, was a fantastic coach. Fantastic, knew the game. I've always said he's probably the best I've worked under. And I worked under a few managers, but Alec was by far the best at. It. And you could see signs of it when when I first when they first came to club. It took him time to get the players he wanted to get in, you know. And he done really well in the market. When you think about Pat McGinley for a free transfer, you know, and, and but Brian Hamlet. It was players in the team that could do work for others, you know. And I will say that Pat and Hammy and. Keith, even Gareth and that, they all they all worked or helped me because I wasn't the best at getting up and doing and you know, fighting and battling, scrapping and all that. But you need to have a, need the balance, you know. So but 
very, very fortunate we could see when it started to come together and then Murdo's great experience being there, done it, Graham Mitchell, really good players, you know, and no matter what anybody says, that's football, you need to have the right players, you know, and, and Alex seemed to be Willie Muller, just, well, there's a lot of winners in the team, people, there was winners in the team, there, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we weren't they were the best if friends when it came to training, because there would be a few rocks in training, but that's football, but there was a lot of winners, quite a little bit of business, so weren't they like, you know, and that's what I liked about it. I could see we Willie and, you know, Keith, Garth, bunch of winners on the team that wanted to win. Then you've got Murdo, who's got the experience to take us that forward. So within that team, uh, never had any worries about going to beat Rangers. I fancied just against it, beat the Rangers. If we turned up and played, which we did, we had our moments, they had their moments. But we uh, we could have had a few chances. We, we had a few chances yeah. to win it more, so... No, but a very underrated side. I've always felt that, and you know, uh, I've always said that that there were a lot of good players on that side. Mm. What was it like that night? Uh, I think we were all ecstatic after the game, as you would imagine. Uh, Hamden was full, the old Hamden. Um, Hibs fans were, were were fantastic after the game, and I think we went out for a few drinks. Did we not? We did in Edinburgh after the game, um, and it was absolutely mobbed in the town as well. Um, but just uh, reiterating what, what what Mickey says there, you know, Alec was a, a fantastic coach and assembled a good team at that that time with with good players and good people uh, who were very loyal to Alec and, and he was loyal to us as well, uh, and it seemed to work. Um, but no, it was a, it was a fantastic night after after the the, the Rangers game, um, uh, and and you know we had a final to look forward to after all of what the club had been through uh, in the previous twelve months. Uh, and, and again, that just seemed to bring everybody together uh, within the club and uh, within the green part of the city um, uh, with something to look forward to that they hadn't experienced for you can right here 20 years or so. Yep. Maybe. Yep. Ah, 72. Uh, yeah. 72. 19, 20 years. Well, let's go on to that League Cup final then, the 46th League Cup final. Um, and Gareth, Mickey, you both had chances early doors, didn't you? Yeah. I had one of I had a slush at something, I can't remember what it was, but to be fair, the first half we weren't the best, you know, we were poor, I think it was a lot of nerves in the game, you know, because it was a lot of our first cup finals, you know, and not the quarter finals and that, but cup finals and that, and that a lot of pressure was on us, us being a big club, and I think we beat them the week before, was it? In the league game, a couple of weeks before, we beat them, uh, quite convincingly, East yeah. Road and comfortably, to be honest, you know, and uh, but the first half, I always felt it was, it was a nervousness, about us, but Alec Muller's uh, team talk at half time was the one that changed it for me. Just, I'd never seen him as calm. You know, he was really calm. He just said, "You know, we've got the fitness. You know, the tactics. You've got good players. Just go out and win the cup." It was simple as that, wasn't it? And kind of just went, "Well, let's go out and get the first goal." And then I uh, done my Northern Wisdom hat. <laughs> <laughs> Second half, I think, we had it. We were well in, well in control of the game. You know. Let's talk about that penalty then. <laughs> was it a foul? Stonewaller. <laughs> it was a, a foul. To, to me, it was because I was saying to myself, as soon as you touch me, I'm going down. You know, the cup to be won. You know, my mates always lined up. You know, oh, oh, you never done this, you never done that. I say, well, you know, I'm coming. You can have a look at my medal anytime you want. It's a winner's medal. No, I was I actually I actually stumbled to be sure. I was trying to throw one in and it went 
he kind of put his leg in front of me, I gave it the old Norman wisdom, went down and got the penalty. But I could just remember, I don't know if the lads remember, but I just remember the relief, you know, the relief because there was a lot of pressure on us. You know, I felt it for, to the, after the Rangers game, yeah. it just built and built and built and I was actually hiding for like a few weeks. I was hiding, staying away from the state my mum's and no, no going outside because everybody, everywhere you went, you know, it was, you need to win the cup, you need to win the cup and all the players now will probably feel, you know, when you're at a club like Hibs, expectations, you've got to live with that and I, you know, I was brought up as a 17 year old to expectations of, I walked into Paddy Stan and Jimmy O'Rourke and George Stewart and every day it was about you're playing for the Habs, you're playing for the Habs and it meant a lot to you, you know, so I was kind of brought up with it, but it wasn't that day till that day I realised how big a club was when you looked at the support that came, it was just incredible. Uh, I think there was 4,000 Hibs fans that couldn't get in the game uh, that day, was, uh, there was 30,000 in the ground and 4,000 that couldn't get in, um, but it was, it was some sight. That really was, uh -huh. yeah, and that put the pressure on even more, didn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> we couldn't lose, we, uh, we couldn't lose. But you know, looking back at the Dunfermline team, I don't think people realise, and a lot of the younger people who support Hibs now will look at some of them, their players at the time, and maybe it. not know who they were. But the likes of David Moyes was a centre back who's the mm -hmm. manager at West Ham. Billy Davis yep. was another one who played in the middle of the park, who was at Motherwell, Preston, uh, yep. amongst other teams, yeah. Derby. Um, and Ian McCall, who they will probably know, who's been at Dundee United and Partick. So these these boys knew all about football, and they were a decent team with Norman McCarthy and their team as well. Was yeah. you know the, the, they were decent. So it wasn't as though we were just going to turn up and win the game. Um, and like Mickey says, the the manager was was very calm at half time. It's the first time I've ever seen him calm. With Mickey, to be honest <laughs> with you, <laughs> and uh, he's told us if we went out and, and we played the way that we could, and you know took away the nerves that we would win. So. When the penalty came, it was such a relief, and you know, Tam was it was a, the coolest man right. in, in the yeah. stadium at that time, taking the penalty kick. If you're looking for something else to listen to, then check out our Inside Training podcast. We sat down with head coach Jack Ross and discussed tactics, training, motivating his players, and much more. It will certainly give you a great insight into your club. What did you make of uh, the uh, the the dive as such, <laughs> or stumble, or whatever we want to call it? I thought it was a stonewall, but see when I watched it again at night, I like. <laughs> It was actually the. Oh uh, no! Actually, the, the fresh air shot he had before he went down. <laughs> he actually tried to swipe the ball and he miskicked it and then he fell down. I'm like, well, you man, at the time I'm like, that's still more. When I watched it, I went, you man, that's brilliant. But, I was good there, fresh air one. <laughs> but it was, it was, a, it was like when you see it, it was a shove in the back. It put him down, but just how slow he went down, it was, like, it was funny. No, it was crucial. It was crucial because it just it, it settled us. Because it, as Mickey says, we didn't start well the game at all. The first half, and and they are they were a good team. So uh, after the halftime team talk, and then that was the sort of break we got. The penalty was a break for us, and uh, once once that goal went in, and Tam coolly slotted it home, and just like relief for the whole players and we started playing then and we, and we dominated the game they, they maybe had a one or two wee chances after that but then it was total domination and we knew we were going to win the cup yeah and then you two combined again for for the second goal uh, a, a really famous goal now in Hibernian history well I always see in terms of strikers 
Keith was one of the best finishers I've played with, you know. One v ones are difficult. Gareth and I'll tell you, they're, they're strong. I can't have a striker, but uh, I just made it look difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's, it's, it you go one v one with the goalkeeper. I've played with a lot of boys. You're not sure, and you know, you know, it doesn't look comfortable. But when Big Keith went through, you always felt you score, you know. And Archie was a bit like that, Gareth. Didn't he? When he went one v one, you just go sit in the net. It's a goal. I mean, you play with people like that and you know they're going to finish it. It's a big relief. Uh, but when he went through, when Keith went through, and I was always confident that we put in the net. And in these big occasions like that, you do need, you need calmness when it matters, but you do know somebody can hit the net when the, when the chips are down, when you really have it. Because all the chances mean nothing. You know, if you've got two chances and you take the two chances, nobody's interested in the rest of it. You know, and but I could always see Keith was right up there with the best finishers I'd seen in a 1v1 situation. Uh, so once he went through, I was confident he'd score. What was that moment like? I was uh, just, I didn't really have a lot, a lot of time to think about it. What I do remember is Gareth actually shot the guy down. I think the full back was at Eddie Farrington. It was just Ted, I was just about to say that. I was, no, no, see, 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 I sort of read the situation. Gareth had closed down the full back and he lost the ball and went straight to Mickey. So I'd sort of read that because Gareth worked his socks off. So I knew if we can win the ball here because there was Rakers in behind. So I sort of read the situation, but thinking, if this happens, I've got a chance here, and it, and it, and it sort of felt to Mickey. I just made the run, bait the offside trap with, I don't know, it was really close. Probably nowadays, they'd probably give offside for that. Yeah, uh, it was so close, but the, but when when I was actually through on goal, it was just like the the three weeks before that, we played Dunfermline, and I had the same situation with the same goalie. I'd done the same thing. I just went through one on one. He does dive early, and I just as he as he as I approached the box, I knew he was going to go down, and just dinked it over him. But you're just thinking if this goes in, it's eight yeah. to eight minutes, whatever it is, the game's over. Yeah. Best feeling in the world yeah. when it when it hit the back of the net. But it's just funny how you just read a situation and it, and if this ball can arrive at my, my feet, because David Moyes and Norrie McCaffrey had pushed up uh, and there was space in behind, so it just all fell it fell perfect at the right time in the game because that was a game done at two 0 What 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 was it like full time whistle goes? Tell us describe the emotion, the relief. Yeah, I think it was a wee bit before that. I mean, Brian Hamilton hit the hit the post, didn't he? Free kick. Free kick. Was it a free kick? Free kick. And I think there was a prize, Ted. Is that right? For the, for the person that scored. The, is, is that right? Aye, aye. No, it was. Uh, I didn't know about it at the time. We were celebrating after the game, and uh, there's there's a lot of like stewards and that on the pitch and people running about. And this guy just grabbed me and I went, I went "Is your prize? There's a prize for the last goal of the last goal of the game." It was a Rolex watch. Oh, just the whole tournament, wasn't it? Aye, yeah. aye, for the last goal of the tournament, Rolex watch. I thought it was a wind up and I went and looked at his box and it's a brand new Rolex watch. And I just thought about Hammy's free kick at the post. <laughs> and I went, Hammy, see that free kick at the post? You could have won that. <laughs> but all, all night, yeah. we went, I think we went to the Dragon Arrow Hilton, was it that night? Hilton Arrow. Yeah, for the reception. And uh, all, night, all Teddy was doing was showing Hammy the whole Rolex. <laughs> 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 How was that night? Do you remember much? <laughs> it was probably before before we even got to the night. It was not the story after the after the game. Um, there was like 
drug test after the game. I don't know if you've heard this one. And, and Mickey got picked as one of the players to oh, do no. an example. So, we were, so the manager says, right, we're all on the bus thinking it's going to be half an hour. About an hour and a half later, Mickey's still trying to produce this urine sample. So we've got, we've just got boxes of school lager on the bus. So a lot of the guys didn't see the night. <laughs> Time we go back to Edinburgh with a few. I think it was me and you, wasn't it? Was it me as well? You didn't drink, you don't drink. So uh, I had a couple of cans of school. We produced what? right away and then <laughs> you were still there. Oh, it's like, I could be, I could be a team. But uh, I remember going on the bus and I'm thinking, you don't have smashed already. <laughs> they were already on it before we even started. You know, I'm thinking myself, but nah, it was a, it was great, especially when you go into Edinburgh and the scenes. Yeah. I don't think, uh, never seen anything since. I think the Scottish Cup would probably be the only one that we get close to it because the scenes were just like everywhere you went. You know, the hip supporters everywhere. And uh, I knew obviously being a supporter and being brought up in the club, I always said that Hibs is a big club. You know. But that day they were just coming out mm. everywhere. I think we, we came back from Hamden and then the coach went to the Maybury, I think it was. And yeah. then it started becoming a procession. <coughs> we got on the open top bus, off, off the coach, onto the open top bus, started going along Christophen that way right. into the town. And sporadically, there was people all <coughs> coming out and going along the street. And then as we got closer to, to Prince's Street, it, it just became yeah, a sea of people and it was unbelievable mm -hmm. the amount of people that were on the streets on Prince's Street. Yeah. And then we came we came down um, Leith Walk by the Playhouse, you know, and started going down Leith Walk, didn't yeah. we? And it was, it was just absolutely mobbed with people. I'm meaning a sea of people. And I can only imagine what the guys who won the, the Scottish Cup yeah. felt like when, yeah. when they seen it, because it must have been twice as much with what happened that day. But... For us back in 91, we just couldn't believe what we were seeing. Yeah. Then we came back up Easter Road, it was exactly the same, and then we went into the stadium, didn't we, from there? You couldn't believe that again, a full house at the at Easter Road. Couldn't believe it. We thought, we thought we'd gone back to the stadium just for a, a reception, and then uh, you're on the pitch, guys, on at the pitch, and it was a full house again. It was unbelievable. It was just relief after, again, we keep saying it, what happened in the summer. Mm -hmm. A relief to still have a club, then to win a cup within three months. It was just unbelievable how, how much it, it meant to the fans. And obviously the players, but just seeing the, the, the joy and they've got a club to support and never played in a cup. It was unbelievable scenes. I mean, meeting Pat Stan about three weeks before, just before the final, and he said to me, you'll never see anything like it if, if you win this cup. He says, you'll never see anything like it. It'll be a lot better than when 74, eh, 72, was it 72? Uh, he says, there'll be nothing like that. Just simply because what had happened I can remember seeing people who I've seen at the Maybury, two Simpsons, friends of mine, <laughs> seen them at the Maybury, and then I've seen them on the ground. <laughs> I'm thinking, how did you, how did you get here all the way through Princess Street? You know, but that, that's the way it was. But it was just like absolute chaos, mayhem. But as I say, it's a, it was something you'll, you'll never forget, you know, and hopefully some of the players at the club just now will get that, that feeling. And, and, and it makes you a better person as well, you know, because you feel you, you've achieved something. You know, especially when you've what, when you've supported the club. You know, it's and I've seen the I've seen the bad days of the Hibs, you know, I've seen the the bad days to that day. It's just incredible. And then after that, obviously playing in Europe. If you'd have said to me as a sixteen year old boy, you're gonna play and win a cup for the club that you supported, play in Europe, you know, if you was if you grant in Edinburgh thinking, yeah, I'll know happen, but shows you dreams happen, you know, if you if you're willing to work it and keep going, it's amazing. And I must say about Gareth, 
I speaking a bit about my day there actually, that players, when you play with players, it's not until you actually play with them, you realise how good a player they were, you know, how underrated they were. And I was speaking about a guy the other day and I said to him, you know something, played a lot of good players and that, but Gareth was the type of person, you always wanted them to be in your team. You know, simply because if you were a centre-back, he was a nightmare to him. He was an absolute nightmare never because stopped. he never stopped. Yeah. And it's amazing what hard work will get you. You know, your pace, but it's hard work in football means a lot. You can have all the talent, but if you're not prepared to just put that wee bit. But Gareth had a bit about him as well. He wanted to win. You know, and it sounds silly, but you need to have that about him. And I was, I was saying to him, if you'd only seen him go and sit and watch some of the videos, he was work rate. For when he first came to the club, as an unknown, Gareth, weren't you? It's a good job at the final that I made the tackle and not the pass through and had the finish. <laughs> <laughs> but when I seen him in the first time, because he came from nowhere, Gareth, he, he, the club never paid a lot of money for him. But what a player he was within a team. You know, if you're a centre back, you're thinking, oh, no, he's never going. He just keeps running and running. It's amazing what hard work gets you, you know? And that's what I always looked at. Wasn't he just 11? There was Mark McGraw, yeah. he's yeah. done a great turn for us, uh-huh. Neil Orr, David Bowman. Wasn't yeah. he just at 11? The whole group yeah. all done a wee bit. We were all a small squad, Ted, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, no, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you say, Alan <coughs> Bummer, he, he brought in different types of to players. And there was a sort of east-west sort of mm-hmm. uh, rivalry train as well. There was a couple of cars come through for the west. Um, Pat McGinley and Graham Mitchell, Tom McIntyre. Um, so it was a wee bit of banter as that with the Edinburgh-Glasgow connection as well. So. Mm-hmm. That that was that was good, and they were really good players. They're like Graham Mitchell, life back was eight out of ten every week. Oh. Every week, you just got the same thing from Mitch. Solid defender, great delivery. Uh, Willie Muller on the other side, other full back. Um, Tam McIntyre, Gordon Hunter, who was an Edinburgh lad, who was a quiet lad, but when he went on the pitch, he was a different dude altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to, to win games and uh, loved playing for the club. Um, we spoke about Murdo, Gareth, Mark McGraw, um, just just guys that were. One of the, one of the big big players in Scotland at the time, but as a group together, we were we were a hard team to beat, uh, and it was it was good to play amongst that. Yeah, and a group that's gone down in in Hibernian history. Um, and on to to modern day. Um, obviously, Gareth, you're you're still with us at Hibernian. Just tell us a little bit about your role at the club. Yeah, I worked there predominantly with the academy, with the under eighteen team. Um, was down with the B team at Huddersfield there on Tuesday with David Gray. Um, so a little bit of everything uh, is my role. Um, and it's great at the moment within the academy to see that the players that we have representing uh, the national team. We had two players, um, one of them captained Scotland in the 16s on Friday, Ted. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And then uh, we've got another one today away with the 17s. We've got 16-year-old goalkeeper with the 19s. So... We're promoting young players as much as we can. We had a 14-year-old score in the under-18s game on Friday night, which was, was great to see. So I think we've got more international players in the academy than, than we've had for a long time. Um, we've got players training up with the first team as well from the academy, which is fantastic to see. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going in the right direction with the young boys, but it's, it's hard work and it's, it's trying to make them realise what opportunity they, they now have within the game of football to, to, to change their lives, you know, the... The reward that they can get from playing top-level football now is so far removed from what it back was when we played football, uh, and, it, and it was just a, making a living, I suppose, at that time. But now it can be life-changing. Mm-hmm. So the, the harder that they work, you know, the uh, the more rewards they're going to get. Um, so that's that's my kind of role at the club and working closely with Eddie May. Um, 
um, to bring these young players through to 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 hopefully play for Hibs one day. Mm. Um, and there's nothing better than seeing local boys as well um, doing well within the academy because you know how much that club means to them. And uh, I kind of know that a little bit more now after seeing what happened with the Hands Off Hibs campaign and, and how everybody rallied together to, to make this club what it is today. Um, so, no, it's even better when you see local boys doing doing really, really well um, because, you know, we want, we want the, the fans to be seeing them as one of our own when they when they, when they get to play play at Easter Road. So, no, that's, that, that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm working at the club. Uh, I've been back about four years again now. So that's about 17 years in total of <laughs> playing and coaching that I've been here. So I think everybody's fed up with me. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, mm. uh, Keith, and you're at the SFA, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm working the performance school in Edinburgh, in Broughton High School, uh, which has got 22 Hibs players there at the moment. So young players that are uh, between S1 and S4 who get extra time to, to work on their individual technique. Um, and Gareth spoke about Rudy and Jacob, who are at the school, who who played with Scotland on Friday there in the Victory Shield, um, so no, it's a great it's a great post for me. I love it uh, on the pitch every day with the with the top young players. Uh, I'm working closely with Gareth and uh, at the young heads players that we've got at the school. So as Gareth says, it'd be great to see them all progressing and to and to be hopefully top players. Mickey, you're with the uh, with Shirley's Red Cup. Yeah, I work with the Shirley's Red Cup campaign. I've done it for many years now. I don't do a great deal, to be honest. I just turn up and uh, speak to the people and maybe go to a few schools. And But now I, my role can be changed where I try and seek donations for the charity because every year we struggle struggle to, to make ends meet, to be fair. And the amount of work that the people do and behind it is unbelievable. For the amount of money that we, we get in, you know, and their whole uh, funding's been completely cut from to nothing uh, over the last couple of years. Obviously, with the COVID's hitting, so it's been hard for us. But So I'm now going to be out there again, seeking some donations to keep the charity going. Because it's, as you see on the weekends, you know, got such good support for the clubs, you know, and people who knew about the charity. But when I first went in, myself and Derek Ferguson, he, he helps as well. It was a very small campaign, you know, but it just grew and grew. And unfortunately, with the racist uh, uh, incidents that have started uh, up again, it just seems to get bigger and bigger, you know. But we didn't want it to be that way because you don't want to be hearing about these incidents every single week now, you know. But the social media and uh, is it's a real problem. It's a real problem for not just the racist incidents, but for football players, you know, young footballers. It's just horrendous. Some of the stuff that you're seeing at the moment, it's, I've never seen anything like it. But hopefully, through time. Uh, all the work that we put in, uh, we'll get it'll be worthwhile, you know, because it's the next generation we're trying to target really, and and they they understand it, they understand it, and it's taken gonna take time, but we'll just keep plodding on. Yeah, absolutely. The work that you're all doing is is absolutely fantastic in in its own little way. And, and Mickey, you had a, a massive role, didn't you, in rounding up all the guys um, to come down to Easter Road on Wednesday evening? Yeah, it was. You know, I just. I got a, I got a call, as you know, from your, one of your, the, the lads from hospitality, and I just threw it out there could the, uh, to the boys. And most of the guys like to see each other, but I want it to do with work commitments because a lot of people have got work commitments, you know. So I've rallied a, a group of us for the week uh, for uh, the Celtic game, and then we've got the anniversary on Saturday night. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing the guys again, you know, because it's just when they get a few drinks in them, that's when I like <laughs> to enjoy it, you know, because they tell me how good a player they were, you know. So. <laughs> 
But it's always great to see your uh, next teammates, you know, because football's comes and goes, and Gareth Wright, your, your career just goes like that, you know. If, if I wish I was 16, 17 again, starting up and you know, getting a chance to play for your club, but no, it goes by, and that's when every opportunity I, I always like to see my ex teammates, but it's so hard, you know, because they're all over the place, you know, working all different stuff, so. But no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Wednesday, I'm looking forward to the one on Saturday night as well. Can you believe it's almost 30 years? Can't believe it, I think it's just slowing, to be honest, mm -hmm. when you look back. Um, but as Mickey says, it's great. We didn't, we didn't get a chance to see uh, a lot of the lads with various jobs that we've got. So I think it was five years ago, I think the 25th anniversary. We, had, we, had, we got together, probably that's the last time I've seen a few of the lads, like uh, Pat and Mitch and that, so it'll be good to see them again. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I can't believe it's 30 years, I must be honest, you know, that time's just flown by and, um, you know, it's still as as memorable now as it was back then um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, when, when people do bring it up on anniversaries like this, you know, it, <coughs> it just makes you realise how special it was to play for the club on, on such a big, big occasion and uh, I think we're just all thankful that the club's still here after what happened and how it's going so well now under the under Mr. Gordon and, uh, and and Jack, and you know we're delighted to see the team at the, at the, the top end of the table. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll be a really special evening as well on Wednesday evening uh, when you're all out there um, with a full house under the lights at Easter Road um, ahead of our game against Celtic. Guys, it's been great catching up, reliving some of the memories, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thank you. For, thanks for inviting us in. So there we go, that's the latest episode of the High Beat Buzz. I hope you were able to reminisce about our 1991 League Cup triumph and it brought back some really special memories for you. These three and more of the guys from the winning team will be at Easter Road on Wednesday evening, so make sure you give them a great atmosphere when you see them. Thanks again for listening and I hope you enjoyed our latest podcast. Podcast Network.